You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Opportunities that we have to be able to come before the Lord is because we serve a risen Savior. And if the Lord did not rise again, we would still be dead in our trespasses and sins. And so don't ever get over the the songs of the cross and the songs of an empty tomb. Praise the Lord for that wonderful, uh, definitely helped and blessed my soul. I think about this passage of scripture. Look with me again at verse number three. And we'll read a couple of these verses again. The Bible says, So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed. For the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, and every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. This right here was a rough situation. This was a situation that, unfortunately, David is responsible for. David has taken and made some terrible decisions He has aligned himself with the enemies of God's people. He had found refuge in a land of the heathen. And now because of his choices to go into a land and even to some extent be protected by some of the heathen kings, uh, we find David and his men uh, in a spot. And now they have taken over a land or a city of Ziklag and and David makes some, he makes some decisions as a leader and they go and they go to uh, fight another, another battle. But in doing so, they left their home unprotected. And now all of a sudden, they come home from a victorious raid, but nobody's shouting. They came back and everything was... In their own mind, they thought they were coming home to rejoice. They were going to come home and kick back. They were going to come home and enjoy the spoils of war. But that's not what they came back to. They came back to their city being burned. Their wives were all taken captives. Their houses had been plundered. Their children had been taken away. And now all of a sudden, the Bible says that they were greatly distressed. The people were in such a condition that the Bible tells us that uh, they wept until they had no more power to weep. Few people have experienced many, many events that cause you to weep until you can no longer weep. A loss of a close loved one, a friend, a broken relationship, a marriage that goes awry, a wayward child. There there are things in life that cause us to weep. 
But not everybody has been to a place where they have wept until they had no more power to weep. But there are people that are here tonight that I know who have been in that spot. There are people, as I look out towards the live stream, I know there are people that are there that have experienced things that cause them to weep until they had no more power to weep. And though we have not all experienced it, the chances are we all will. This is an a event that we may never experience what David did in coming back to a burned city and wives taken away and children taken away and the, uh, the, the people that he served gone and those that he led were now turning against him. Many, we, won't, we won't experience something like this. But what we find David doing in a time of great distress is something that will help us navigate the waters of life. And the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at the four E's of building up you. And there are four things that we're going to be looking at uh, about building up you. And, and in that, the first one tonight, we are going to look at the word encouragement. Tonight, I want to speak to you on the subject, encouraging yourself. Encouraging yourself. And let's pray together. Father, we pray that you bless now. Uh, Lord, we are so thankful that we can come before you. We're so thankful for just the ability, the desire uh, to be able to be in your house and, and Lord, to be able to watch online and uh, to be able to get our, our spirits fed tonight. Uh, and I pray that you would just meet with us, Lord, as we look at our theme for this year of building up yourselves. I, I think about just the needs that we have, each and every one of us, and the need to learn how to encourage ourselves in times of distress. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would just uh, lead us and help us and, and help us to understand uh, the process so we can deal with the struggles that we face. And so I pray that you'd bless now, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. So this was a rough situation. This was a very real problem. Uh, the recovery of those that were lost uh, was needed. The reconciling of uh, within the in, within self of uh, that David had for making a bad decision, uh, restoring relationships of the family that had been taken away, uh, regaining then uh, a course of action of what am I going to do from from this point forward? And there was. There was a lot of things that uh, were running through David's mind, and David was reeling in his own mind. He was devastated by his sense of loss. He was devastated by uh, what had happened to him personally. Uh, but when we look at this, uh, here we have a man, uh, that the leader, and he was not afforded any downtime. When you look at David here, uh, the one that is now going to change direction, and we read the end of the chapter and we see how uh, they were able to go and they were able to conquer the city and they're able to get all of the wives back and all of the children back and all of the stuff that they lost plus everything else so they're going to walk away in a better situation than they would have been in any other point yet uh, this was uh, we read the end of the story but 
when we look at what David was going through, he had to figure out how I'm going to get through all this. And you look at his, his, uh, his, his actions, it helps us. So David, as a leader, was not afforded that downtime uh, to be able to process in his own mind and heart everything that later he'll be able to just sort of uh, absorb. Uh, he, he had to keep on going. And here, uh, his leadership, it didn't allow him to work through all the normal processes uh, of himself uh, because he was expected to do something. He was expected uh, to fix what was taking place, and he was the leader. And he was expected to have the plan, and he was responsible to do the right thing, not later, but now. Well, what if he wasn't ready now? He was still expected to go on. You know what? All of us are leaders. We have to lead ourselves. We have to lead our family. We have to lead, maybe it is a co-worker. Maybe we have leadership with friends. Maybe it's leadership within a ministry. But all of us have areas of leadership. And, and here, when we look at David, uh, he, had to, he had to figure out what he was going to do. And he had to, there wasn't time for him to point fingers at somebody else. There wasn't time for him to blame anybody. There wasn't any time for any of that. David had to be ready for action. And in a time when he was in turmoil, he still had to move forward. So we're going to look at what he did because trouble's coming our way. Isn't that encouraging? Trouble's coming our way. I would just as soon know what to do before trouble comes than trying to figure it out while trouble's here. Aren't you glad we have a Bible where God gives us Examples where God gives us principles to live by, where He shows us how other people who were successful Christians, how they work through some of these things. So, trouble is going to come our way. Problems will come into our sphere of life. Maybe there are going to be hurts and harms and uh, heartaches that, that uh, we will face. But uh, as we look at that, we recognize we have to be able to lead ourselves and our family and those that uh, we have influence over. So, we're going to look at that encouraging yourself uh, tonight. So number one, several observations. Number one, uh, we see a cause to grieve, a cause to grieve. Look at verse number two. The Bible says, and had taken the women captives that were therein and slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire. Their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And I want you to see, first of all, that uh, a case to grieve. It is okay to grieve. It's okay to grieve. There, there, is no, there is no shame in grieving. Grieving does not show that you are weak. Gro- grieving shows that you are human. 
And sometimes being able to work through the processes is not just suppressing all of our emotions and suppressing all of our feelings. Uh, And I'm not talking about running around and just uh, not just letting our emotions completely control us. I'm just saying grieving is a part of life. God made us in his image. He gave us the emotions that we have. So he gave them to us to be able to experience this journey that we're on called life. And as we navigate through this life, uh, he has given us these, these different emotions. And sometimes those emotions are good. Sometimes those emotions are not good. But grieving is a part of life. And, and if we try just to ignore problems, that is not going to help us get through problems. So grieving is okay. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to hurt. Here, the man after God's own heart was among the men who were weeping. Guys, it's okay to cry. That's not weak. David was the one that killed killed, uh, Goliath. He was more of a man than any of us. All the battles that he was in. Yet we find that he wept. See, this grieving, it's not a bad thing. And, and when we look at that, if we're not careful, we start setting ourselves up for expectations that do not help us to navigate through the pressures and problems of life. We've got this mold that we feel like we should fit into. Grieving is part of the process that we go through as we deal with hurts in life. So grieving is okay. If David, the man after God's own heart, the man that had fought many battles, the man who killed Goliath, uh, if if he could grieve and he was distressed and he wept, I think it'd probably be okay for us. So, so here we see that it's okay to grieve. Uh, individually, it's okay to grieve. But it wasn't just individually. Here we have David and all of his men grieving. They were, this, was a, this was corporate. I mean, here they're, they're walking back into their city and they are seeing what has taken place. Uh, now as collectively, they are weeping over something. They are grieving because of the loss, because of the injury that they had faced, uh, the loss of wives and sons and daughters. Uh, and this process uh, was, was normal here. Uh, these these uh, emotions of, uh, of being hurt and the grieving that we see See, uh, grieving is okay. Secondly, I want you to see that I want you to see a, so we saw a, a case uh, to grieve, but we see, secondly, a choice to encourage. A choice to encourage. Look at verse number five. The Bible says, And David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed for the people and spake of, uh, for the people spake of stoning him because of the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Uh, That's a phrase that all of us know. 
If you've been in church any period of time, you are aware of that statement. And maybe you have, you have even uh, stated that to somebody else. Maybe you have even quoted it to yourself. Uh, but David encouraged himself uh, in the Lord. Uh, and that, that may be something that is a word that we are, a phrase that we use. But a phrase being used is not enough. It's got to be more than just a little quip that we throw out. It's sort of of like we know all things work together for good. How often does Romans 8.28 get thrown out? It only gets thrown out when it's somebody else's problem. We don't use Romans 8.28 when it's our stuff. But we will use that verse to try to help somebody else. Almost, it's one of those verses that's in our medicine cabinet. And a problem comes up in somebody's life. And we want to just give them what we think might help. And, okay, let's see. Take two aspirin and call me in the morning. Uh, Romans eight twenty eight. here you go. Uh, you're going through a hard time. David encouraged himself in the Lord. You're just going to have to encourage yourself in the Lord. Now, it's great to say that, but when we are hurting... How do we do that? How do we go through this process? And so when we look at this, uh, it's a choice to encourage. Uh, David, out of everything that needed to be done, what we find David doing is first, he's encouraging himself in the Lord. Now, this is before he goes to God in prayer. He's going to, and we'll read the verses here in a little bit, but not yet. He's going to seek God's will on what to do, but that's not what he's doing yet. Before he takes any of those steps forward, we find this verse in verse 6 where it says, But David encouraged himself in the Lord. So with all of the pressures that's going on, with all of the pain that's going on, you would think that uh, he... David was a man of action. You'd think that David would be saying, okay, let's, all right, let's wrap him up. We got to get back. Let's go. Uh, That's before David ever devised a plan, David was encouraging himself. He recognized that he could do nothing good unless he had himself encouraged. Now, when we look at that, it doesn't make any sense. We would think, okay, what are you going to do? Give me a few minutes. I need to encourage myself. Well, encourage yourself later. We got a job to do. Well, you know, I just, I just need to just sort of get my, get my heart where it needs to be. I don't care about your heart. I want your sword. I mean, you are the leader. You're the military uh, individual who's been leading us into battle. You figure out what's the next step. What's the next course of action? But before any of that took place, David was encouraging himself in the Lord. So David chose to encourage himself. He knew that more than a recovery plan and more than reconciliation, more than reconnaissance effort, he knew that he had to get himself squared away first. He needed to get himself back on track. But David encouraged himself 
in the Lord. Uh, Psalm 56, 3, uh, quickly, if you've got it there, is that verse? I'm not sure that verse isn't on the uh, slide, so you're going to have to actually use your Bible. All right, I, uh, uh, let's see here. Psalm 56, 3. Uh, Psalm 56, verse 3, and verse 3 here. I'll give you just a second to find that. Uh, the Bible says in Psalm 56, 3, What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. All right, let's say that verse together. You ready? What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Let's say that again. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Uh, go to Proverbs chapter number 4. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, a very uh, 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 familiar uh, verse here, Proverbs four twenty-three. but one that we have to recognize is uh, so essential in keeping us on the right track. Uh, Proverbs 4, verse 23, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life and uh, getting our heart right. Uh, go back to Psalm, verse four, or chapter 45, uh, Psalm 4. Psalm 43, I'm sorry, Psalm 43, and verse number 5, Psalm 43, 5, uh, the Bible says here, Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, him who is the health of my countenance and my God. And what do we find? We just find that uh, we have got to make sure that uh, we are encouraging ourselves in the Lord. And that is a process. We have got to uh, to encourage ourselves uh, in the Lord. So the word encourage here, uh, it means to grow, to make strong. It means to have or show courage. It, it is to tie fast. It is to bind. It is to be consistent. Uh, it is to be constant. Uh, it is to make or to be firm. It is to seize. And you know, when we are in a time of distress, we got to come back and say, listen, I got to grab a hold of God. I have got to be able to uh, just uh, to make where I am firm. My faith has got to be firm. My trust has got to be firm. I can't lose my focus on God. And David here was encouraging himself uh, in the Lord, uh, not saying that he isn't going to pray. He is going to pray, but here he is going back to the very foundation, his faith, his trust in God. Uh, did God know that the Amalekites were coming? Did, do, did God know that the Amalekites were coming? Yes, they, he did. Did God know that the wives and the children were going to be taken away? Absolutely. Is God trustworthy? In the distress and in that time of distress, you've got to back all the way up and say, okay, God, I still trust you. I still have faith in you. I am grabbing a hold of you. You are my God. Nothing has changed. And it hasn't. Our circumstances may have changed. Our God has not changed. And here, David, he was, he was encouraging himself in the Lord. It wasn't back there that he was just singing kumbaya. 
He wasn't, he wasn't just trying to pump himself up. No, David was going back and he said, listen, I've got to get a hold of my faith. I've got to get a hold. I've got to remind myself of my trust, my faith, my confidence. I've got to seize uh, my faith in my God. So David was encouraging himself. And so what does that look like uh, when we are encouraging ourselves in the Lord? You know what we do? We've got to go back and look at the the attributes of our God. Because everything that we can do has to be based. When it comes to our faith and our, and our trust in God, it comes back to, is God who, who God said he is? And if God is who he said he is, then he's got our problems. He's got the situation. He is not, uh, he is not out of control. So the attributes of God, what do I do to encourage myself in the Lord? I've got to look at how loving a God we have. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man loved to lay down his life for his friends. Jesus said, I have called you friends and not servants, John 15. What do do we see? We have a loving God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You, You just stop and think, God, you are a loving God. When turmoil comes, when injury comes, when hurt comes, uh, what we don't sense is uh, God's love. Oftentimes, we start to, the very first thing that we challenge is God's love. God, if you love me, why did you let this happen? Let me tell you, God loves you. No matter what has happened, God loves you. No matter whether it is, there is consequences for sin, and we can say, well, this is my fault. Uh, it doesn't matter what the situation is, good, bad. Uh, there isn't anything that we could do. There's nothing that shall separate us from the love of God. That's a wonderful thing. We look at the attributes of God, his love, his mercy. Uh, We look at his grace and his goodness and his power, his might. We look at his omniscience and his omnipotence. We look at his omnipresence. We look at his holiness. We look at his justice and we stop and we just say, okay, God, I trust you. That's the foundation of encouraging myself in the Lord. Because if I can't trust him, then I can't be encouraged in him. So what do I have to do? I have to go back to who it is that I trust. I've got to go back to my foundation. So I have to look at the attributes of my God. I look at uh, how else does it help me to encourage myself? Uh, I look at not just the attributes of our God. I look at the actions of my God. I look at uh, his, his, uh, uh, the things that he has told us. You know, God has given us a timeline. Here we have the wonderful ability to open up the word of God and we get to see a plan. You know what? In that plan, we get to look back on a lot of things that God has already done. And what he said came true. You know what that does? That gives me confidence. And it gives me confidence that no matter what is going on right now, the things that he said are coming to pass are going to come to pass. 
I look at how God has has said that he created the world, and he did. And we look at uh, how he said that he was going to send the Savior uh, to save us from our sins, and he did. And we look at the cross and uh, the the gift uh, uh, that he offered freely with his life, uh, dying on the cross for our salvation, uh, paying redemption's price, uh, and and all of those things he has already done. But but you know what? I can look at, God said he's going to send his son back. You know, the rapture is going to take place. You know what? When the rapture takes place, uh, if you're saved tonight, uh, you're going to, and you're alive when the Lord uh, comes back, what a blessing. We are going to leave this ground. and We're going to leave this world. Uh, The dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. What a blessing. We look at the fact that not only are we going to leave this world at the rapture, that tribulation period is going to start. And when that takes place down here, there's going to be a marriage supper of the Lamb up in heaven. And you know what? I'm looking forward to some good food when we get to heaven. And I don't know what that fish is going to taste like, but that's sort of what I'm anticipating having. But we're going to get to heaven. We're going to have a marriage supper of the Lamb. And then we are going to come back uh, down with the Lord and we're going to get to rule and reign with him. Uh, We get to to see what he is going to do. We know that uh, the the devil is going to be bound. A thousand years later, he's going to be pulled out and he's going to be cast into hell. What a joyous thing. You know what? Just thinking about what God's going to do, how's that make you feel already? I mean, it doesn't matter what our problems are. All of a sudden, we start looking at how good our God is. We start looking at what he has done. We start looking at what is promised to us and what we're going to experience. You know what it's going to do? That's going to encourage me. That's going to help me to see uh, that I can trust my God. And, And it gets better from here. Praise the Lord. It gets better from here. Then we see here how the Lord... Now, next, we see with David, we see a choice or a a course of action. Verse number seven and eight, first Samuel 30, it says, And David said unto Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's sons, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this truth? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. Now, what do we find? We find David now that he's encouraged himself. Now he's in a place to say, Okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? Now, what do you want me to do? But before, he wasn't in a place to to be able to come and have that conversation with God of what he wanted him to do from this point forward. And I'm so glad that we don't have to go to a priest and we don't have to get some jeweled ornament from from a breastplate that has jewels studded in it. We can just come before God in prayer. 
And here we get to come before the Lord and, and just ask him what he wants us to do. Second Peter 1.19, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star appear or arise in your hearts. What, what happens here? Uh, we find that not only can we come before God there in prayer, we can come before God and just find out what he wants us to do. He's given us his word, a more sure word of prophecy. You see, the course of action, we've got to say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? Not what I want to do. Too often it's what I want to do. But it ought to be, Lord, what do you want me to do? What is your desire? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct uh, thy path. So we have the word of God and the ability to pray and we have the counsel of God uh, that he has given to us and we need to be seeking the Lord's direction in time of trouble. Uh, But David here, he's encouraging himself in the Lord. But as he is encouraging himself in the Lord, the Lord now is giving him a course of action to follow. And then we see, lastly here, a cause to rally. 1 Samuel 30 and verse 9, So David went, he and the 600 men that were with him, and came to the brook Besor, where there, there were those that were left behind stayed. But David pursued he and 400 men, for 200 abode behind, which were so faint that they could not go over to the brook be sore. And David recovered all, uh, skip down to uh, verse 18, and David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives, and there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil, nor anything that they had taken to them. David recovered all. And David took all the flocks and the herds which they drave before those other cattle and said, this is David's spoil. What do we find? There's a plan. There was a cause worth living for. You know, even in the midst of turmoil, God still has a plan and he wants us involved in it. He doesn't want us just to sideline. He doesn't want us to say, well, I just don't like how this worked out. God, I don't feel like you treated me fair. I don't feel like this was just. None of those will ever stand when we face the Lord. But when we stop, if we are going to be able to continue through and be where we're supposed to be, then we've got to stop like David did. And encourage ourselves in the Lord. Our trust, our confidence, our faith. None of that has changed. God hasn't changed. May the circumstances of life not allow us to change. So building up yourselves. We've got to learn how to encourage ourselves. Maybe the hard time won't be anything like what David has, ex- has experienced. 
But whatever problem it is that we are facing, what are we doing to navigate through it? Are we just like that pinball that's getting bounced around off of every little bumper that's in the way? And we find ourselves pinging here and pinging there. Or are we allowing God, even though we have tragedy and turmoil and heartache, are we allowing God to strategically lead us because we're in a spot where we're able to listen? And encouraging ourselves in the Lord, it's vital. If we can't do that, we won't hear that still small voice. We won't follow that clear guidance and path. Why? Because we're not ready to. We're overwhelmed. We're not in a position where we can see clearly. And David here recognized he couldn't lead these men. He couldn't do what needed to be done until he got his heart back where it needed to be. He had to get back to where he was grabbing a hold of God. His faith, his trust was there so he could clearly move forward. Father, I pray that you'd help all of us tonight. Thank you for your word. And uh, Lord, there are so many applications to this little phrase. But I pray that we would take some of the applications that we have seen tonight and apply them in our own lives. Uh, I pray that you would help us, Lord, to uh, have a plan, a course of action that we set into place so when burdens come, when trials come, we know what to do. And so I pray that you just help us tonight. Heads bowed up. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.